Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion. I'm your host as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles, and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world, ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. All right, welcome back to uh, ADSR Inspirations. And we're sticking on the music tip for another week here. We got this week, Matthew Sekia, aka Meza, as he's known by, is a beat maker, producer, DJ, graphic designer, runs a label, has a monthly radio show on Hong Kong Community Radio, on top of having a full-time job also working in music. So I'm really happy to welcome to the show, Matthew Sekia, aka Meza. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Cool, yeah, thanks, man. So you were featured on our ADSR blog last year, and we were featuring on that one, we were featuring your track, Shiki Steppa. So that was almost a year ago. So I kind of want to use that as like a jumping off point, uh, maybe for some people who've read it or people who are not familiar with you. So just to go back a little bit, you are originally from the Saitama area. And what age did you uh, move over to Singapore then? Um, I want to say maybe about two, I think. Yeah. It's so right before like I went preschool and stuff. Right. Okay. So, so pretty young. I moved over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So pretty much, let's say most of your life. But uh, you've kind of been back and forth a little bit to Japan, like every year, every couple of years. Yeah, so I'll go back every year since I was a kid. Um, right. At least like once or twice. Yeah. Probably like the summer and winter break. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess for you, then growing up uh, musically, like... You kind of mentioned it a little bit in the blog, um, but what what kind of things were you listening to um, growing up as a kid? Was it uh, was it stuff from Japan? Was it stuff from Singapore? Like stuff from all around the world? What what was kind of like your musical influences coming up? Yeah, so as a kid, um, I I would say a lot more like international music. Um, Stuff from like the US for sure, cause yeah, I mean when I was a kid, I wasn't really super into music. Um, I only really got into it when I was about like fifteen, I guess. So as a kid, like I was actually more interested in video games. To be honest, <laughs> I was playing a lot of video games. Um, yeah, but it was like more like I guess my parents, cause uh, my mom would play. So yeah, so as a kid, like my mom was really into like. Native American flute music. So she played that in the morning and then progressively like as um you know going through the day, like I think she'll play like the radio and CD. So she played a lot of like country music. Um so a lot of, like Shania Twain. And I she was really into like the Backstreet Boys as well. So <laughs> she she played a lot of Backstreet Boys and pop music. Um yeah. whereas my dad, I my dad doesn't really play out music a lot. I, I guess he listened to it like on his like, headphones and stuff, but um, I guess because my dad was more into like, uh, I would say jazz music. He's definitely a jazz fan. Um, also, I guess a bit more like, mm, I want to say R&B as well mm. and like Japanese music as well. A lot more like funkier stuff. So, and yeah, I only knew about it because when I was like, I think I was like 15, yeah, so when I was like 15, started getting into music a bit more. And I, I don't know why, but I really got into jazz music at the time. And, but it was like really, it wasn't really like, I, I don't know, like to my dad, it wasn't proper jazz music because it was more like lounge kind of music. Like, so I had this like weird CD compilation that I bought for like maybe $10. Um, 
Um, but it was more like, uh, yeah, like lounge jazz and like a bit of like music kind of vibe. Mm. <laughs> I was playing out one day and my dad walked past my room and he was like, like, what's that? Like, I just need jazz, but and he told me like, oh, okay. Like, then he gave me like his whole like folder of like CDs. It was all like jazz music. It was like, I think you should listen to this. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, I don't really think you're listening to proper jazz music. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I listened to it. And it was like a lot of like, yeah, a lot of classics like Miles Davis, um, Kind of Blue, John Coltrane, Bill Evans, uh, Charlie Mingus. You know, and I was like, wow, okay. Like this is, you know, kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of get what he meant. <laughs> like it was a bit more like proper, I guess, proper straight hit jazz. So mm. yeah, so that's when I really got into it. We start listening to jazz music and um, also I guess because I watch a lot of like anime and Japanese TV as well. So and uh, yeah, I think also because of the jazz thing, my dad bought like the Cowboy Bebop like I want to say DVD and also nice. like the Samurai Shampoo DVD as well because it was like the same director, right? So we watched that together, you know. And then like at that point, because I think when I was growing up. I didn't, I had no interest in hip hop because hip hop was more like it was kind of like more into like the uh like the fifty cent Nelly kind of era. <laughs> so it was a bit yeah. more like it wasn't like the boom bap kind of sound, I guess. It was more like like party ish or like or even like uh I guess L L L M F A O. So it's really like like joint kind of bass ish. So yeah, so at, at the time I really wasn't into it, but when I heard like Charmaine Champlou's soundtrack and you know I was like oh okay like this sounds really interesting because it sounds really jazzy but it's not jazz like it was like really beat heavy as well so from there like I got into it and you know I go into like like Last FM and I like, just put in like Luja Bass and you know give me like uh, MF Doom Most Def A Tribe Called Quest Gangstar and all that so I started listening to all that and I'm like okay like you know this like type of hip hop that I could get into yeah, so that's where I started musically growing up. Um, and actually, I guess to link back to the track that got featured, uh, Shiki Stepper, I actually sampled like the Nujabes um ending song from Samurai Shampoo. So, mm. so that yeah. was like where the I guess the main sample came from. Yeah, so that's how I kind of connected to that. Right. Uh, so I guess yeah, that's what I was listening to when I was growing up. Right on. So that's cool. So I'm kind of curious. You mentioned. Uh... You know, some people may be familiar, you know, with the Japanese scene, um, you know, us being, you know, a podcast based in Tokyo and uh, I'm from Toronto and our crew, you know, is from Canada and stuff. Yeah. But uh, like, I'm not familiar with Singapore. What's, uh, what's the music scene like there? You mentioned, you know, there was party going on when you were in high school playing you know, rave and jungle music. Is it uh is it a pretty good scene? Like what is there all kinds of music or is it more underground? Uh, what was it like sort of when you start to come into your own, like you were mentioning discovering all these uh artists, could you find like clubs and live houses and stuff? Um yeah, so over here I it's definitely much smaller than other places for sure. Because, um, I mean, definitely because it's a smaller country. I mean, it's pretty much the same size as Saitama, actually. <laughs> so, but um, but over here, I definitely would say that, uh, yeah, I mean, f it's kind of funny because for music, it's not super easy here in a way. Like, you can't really do it full-time. Uh, mm. You can't even really do it part-time either because it's quite difficult also in a way. So, um, so a lot of bands that I kind of, grew up hearing were like the were definitely more like indie alternative rock I would say like in terms of Singaporean bands um so as for gigs I would say it's not a lot of venues um just only a few but I think in recent years it definitely has kind of um I don't know how I'd say like there's definitely a lot more people getting into local music. So and there's a lot more support for it, I think. Um but it's definitely a lot in terms of what genre is like more present. I would say a lot more like kind of like indie rock, um, bedroom pop kind of stuff. 
uh, a lot of like folk music as well. Um, and also in terms of electronic music, I would say electronic music is still pretty s- small here in a way. Um, doesn't get as much traction, I feel. And I yeah, definitely doesn't get as much support as like your indie rock kind of bands because there's quite a few like Singaporean indie rock bands recently that's kind of, I guess, blowing up overseas because uh, one of them played on KEXP recently, I think. And they also toured in the US. Um, there's one touring in the US right now. Uh, they're called Forest. So they play more like, kind of like math rock. I think emo math rock kind of vibes. <laughs> so yeah, so definitely that's the kind of sound that I feel gets a lot more traction here. Um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of electronic music, electronic music artists here as well. So I think some, I mean, a lot of them are like friends as well. So it's like a bunch like um, Intriguan, Bongo Man, Halasso. So definitely a lot more like kind of broken beat, IDM, um, a lot of like house music as well. Yeah, so I think over here, in terms of like the clubs and stuff, um, definitely I, f- I think house music is pretty big here. House music, EDM, and also uh, I would say even techno as well. Yeah, because there's like a club that's really popular called um called Headquarters HQ. So they play like it's basically like a house and techno club. So they have one floor that's just house music and one that's just techno music. And they get like a lot of like international guests coming by. Um yeah, so it's like definitely one that's pretty big right now. Um so as for like when yeah, so I guess like pre-pandemic there were a lot more clubs but I think after that yeah. I think a lot of them kind of shuttered as well <laughs> so mm. quite a few places that I played at um, before as well like they closed down so and definitely I, I, I don't know it's kind of strange because before that we definitely have a lot more like hip-hop gigs also um, but recently I would say that hip-hop kind of died down here in terms of like mm. club gigs so there's not really that many there's only a few um so you're talking about some of the venues and the scene over in Singapore. Like, I'm curious what was really like inspiring you and the music you were really listening to. What What was the point when you thought like, okay, I want to start to make my own music as well. And then kind of like what led to you sort of, you know, playing out in shows and like, what, what would you say was kind of like the catalyst for you to actually like get involved yourself? Um, yeah, so I guess for me, uh, yeah, so definitely when I was about 15, I started playing like guitar and bass guitar and stuff like that. So yeah, so I guess when I was younger, I used to go to church a lot more. So mm. now I play in like the church band also, I guess. Yeah, so there's definitely where like, I guess like in terms of me playing music, that kind of started from there. Um, I feel like that's like quite similar with like a lot of people as well. Like um, even like I hear like Anderson Pack as well. Like used to play in drums in church and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's like a common origin story for most people. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess that's where it started. Um, and I guess later when I was growing up, um, I right when I was like maybe like eighteen, yeah, eighteen or nineteen, because because we have to like, so we have to serve in the uh, army here in Singapore, like. I guess all the guys when we're like, yeah, like about 18, 19, we're going for two years. So it's just right before I went in. <laughs> so um, yeah, at that time, I, I, so I, I never really went to clubs a lot when I was younger. Like it was definitely a lot more like bars because like I just, when I was, <laughs> like I just like drinking and listening to music <laughs> at the time. Yeah, so yeah. so definitely a lot. And I also was into more like guitar music as well Um, back then. So so yeah, I think I had some friends who kind of, so one of them worked at the bar that I used to go to and he asked me like, hey, why don't we just form a band and play here <laughs> like every, every week, you know? So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's do that. And, um, yeah, you know, I kind of thought it would be a casual thing, but he took it really seriously. And we have like practice sessions, like every week, like maybe two, three, well, at least like once or twice before the yeah, actual yeah. gig as well. So <laughs> it was like pretty intense, but, but it kind of like helped me also like, Mm, I guess learn to play in a band. No, mm. 
well, yeah, I guess like turn to play in a band like a bit more seriously as well. <laughs> so right, yeah, so, yeah. So definitely, yeah. But of course, like you know, when we're playing a band, it was definitely a lot more. Um, I I wouldn't say we played a lot of like top forties kind of stuff, but try to play like maybe like the top forties B side kind of like stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was fun. I guess for like about a year plus. Um, mm. they had to go to the army, so that kind of like killed all of my activity social life for like two years more or less so yeah so after i got out was when um so i got my first job like full-time job after that um so i guess like before that i was kind of like working part-time at a record store as well so because i yeah so it was right around the time when kind of like the record boom was coming back um in like i guess more like the u.s so it was like around like 2012 or 2011, I think. So yeah, so I used to so I'd go to this one record store in Singapore, you know, just buy records all the time. I come go back every week and became friends with the owners and he's like, hey, like, why don't you just work part-time here as well? So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so that's how I like kind of started working part-time there. Um, Yeah, so I said, so yeah, back to like after I got out of Army. So I think it was around the time he was kind of opening like a new store as well. And the store is more like, it was more like jazz, hip hop, electronic music. So and he was like, like, okay, I know, don't really know much about this kind of music, but I think you know quite a bit of it. So why don't you just work here full time if you want to? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, why not? Because I didn't really um, have much of a plan, I guess. Because, well, I guess when I was in school, I, so I actually went to like a culinary school. So I actually was learning to become a chef. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so it's like yeah. a huge like jump from, <laughs> you know, food to like music. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though I feel like there are like some connections, so I guess in some ways. So mm. yeah, so yeah, so I ended up working in record stores. Um, yeah, I think it's been like eight, nine years since then. So mm. it's been a long time. So yeah, I'm still kind of working in. Yeah, I'm still working like in like the record scene here um mm-hmm. but not in store in the actual store anymore like i'm more like a like a music buyer now so yeah so that definitely um yeah so i guess that kind of, so i guess like the years where i spent in the store was quite formative as well in terms of leading me to making music um you know because when you're in the store working every day like literally i'm just listening to music I think eight, 10 hours a day. So, yeah, yeah. and because like it was a store that had sold pretty much um, there's all kinds of music. So, you know, I was just listening to like um, a lot more like 80s pop, um, yeah, like 90s, 90s electronic music, uh, yeah, hip hop, uh, even reggae, folk music, like world music, um, and like Japanese music and like all kinds of like different kinds of music. So, so I think that's kind of like where, you know, like eventually I kind of got into DJing as well. Cause oh, okay, so the fun I think the funny thing was that my ex boss wanted to do more events. Um, I think even had this idea of doing like more in store events as well. So yeah. like she told me like I should just go and learn to DJ because like it makes more sense to just have me <laughs> DJ in the store. Like it, yeah. So that's how kind of how it kind of started. Um, right. yeah. So and after that I kind of change jobs but uh it's actually like more like change stores so i went to like a more it's like more like a record store and cafe mm. um but this store kind of focused more on like hip-hop soul and funk music so i guess again like kind of changed the time music i listen to every day so definitely became a lot like even more intense on hip-hop and stuff and at the store i think we um so it was very like DIY at the store as well, cause so like the the owner likes to create make his own furniture for the store. So yeah. So like yeah. So when like it was like kind of starting up, I, I yeah. So I joined him when they were like moving stores locations and they're kind of like restarting again. So like we spent like I think like a first couple of months just building furniture, like in in the day like until like probably like way into like midnight. <laughs> and afterwards, because yeah. cause the owner is also like a hip hop DJ as well, so he kind of like helped me to, um, 
kind of helped me learn how to DJ more as well. Um, in terms of like more like scratching and like beat journaling stuff like that. So yeah. so after we're done building furniture, we like just practice like doing scratches, mixing, and like beat juggles and stuff like that. Until yeah, like yeah. literally like it was like the next morning. So like I go back like at like five, six a.m. And it was like quite often as well. So yeah. Yeah, so it was like a really interesting time. So yeah. and it was like really like kind of like influenced me in terms of like uh, I guess that's more like the DJing aspect of it. So yeah. so definitely I would say like in terms of DJing, like I, I would say my roots are more like hip hop, soul and funk. So yeah. And I think that kind of like informs like those way that I do mixes also. Cause mm-hmm. um I think initially I like, eventually um I got more into like yeah, like as I said, like, you know, different kind of genres. So start experimenting with like house music, um, and like jungle, you know, UK garage kind of music as well. So like and I realized like the way that you mix all these kind of music is so different. Cause of like cause hip hop is more like like really like short transitions and like just like cutting, you know, scratching mm. and dropping it. But whereas like when you yeah. do it, you can't really do that with house music because the transitions are so much longer. And if you do that, like it sounds really abrupt, I guess sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like I thought it was like really interesting and it kind of showed up for a while, but after that it kind of helped um, me as well. So, mm. and I think it kind of helped to like how do I put it like um I guess it's different when I guess that's like a difference when you go into like DJing from like different genres or so because you have like a different perspective of how you want to do mixes you know for right. hip-hop it's always like oh you know you gotta keep it like up tempo and like high energy and like just like cut you know scratch and all that whereas like house is more like uh I feel like a lot more, a lot more like there's a lot more no like there's a lot more time to think about what, what you want to do, mm-hmm. I guess. And there's a lot yeah, more like yeah. layering. Like you can yeah. definitely layer different tracks together. Like you could do like, you have like three turntables going and just like also the tracks going mixed together. So it definitely feels like when you kind of explore different genres, like it helps you to also widen like your, I guess like mindset and skills as well in terms of music and understanding music as well. Right. And I guess from... Yeah, so from DJing also, like, it really helped me to understand how, I guess, like, music progression um, structures and things like that work as well. Because, mm. like, you know, I have to, like, listen to music constantly and figure out, like, where's, like, the verse or, like, where's the cue points that I want to put and stuff like that. And uh, I think eventually that kind of led me to, you know, going back into, like, making music as, like, a, you know, more like a beat maker, I guess. Because, mm. yeah, so definitely, like, Bought like a like a Akai MPD and just started like messing around with it for a while. And then I realized that okay, like it's actually really difficult making beats because <laughs> like it was so complex. Like it took me so long to like understand what was going on, uh, in a way. Yeah, so and also because I think of because there's so many like different um like digital audio workstations, you know, like I think they're like Ableton, Logic, and uh, like Pro Tools and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so for whatever reason, like I started trying out Ableton, which I guess like everyone kind of recommends that you you use. But uh, I don't know, like for me, it, it didn't really click in my head because I felt like Ableton, like in the face, was like it, it didn't really match with what was going on inside my head. I guess <laughs> so. Mm, right, so it took right. me so long to figure out. And I realized one day, like, you know, I should just try using, like, GarageBand to make music. And, then, like, yeah. I don't know, like, from there, like, I think it started to click more because I guess maybe because it, it was, like, a bit, like, it's definitely, like, more pat down and simple. So, mm. you know, it definitely made it easier for me to figure out what to do. So, yeah, so then from there, like, kind of made me <laughs> realize that, okay, like, you know, I should definitely use, like, tools that are, I guess, a lot more simple for now, I guess, at that time. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. after the MPD, I used like a native instruments machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's like another, I guess like different workflow and stuff like that. So I think that definitely helped me to kind of, yeah, definitely helped progress my beat production as well. Cause um, 
Yeah, because I realized that like the whole Ableton and I guess like MPC didn't really work for me that well. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And I realized that it kind of like also affects the way I make music as well. Because I, I realized I use a lot of like, hmm, I feel like quirkier instruments to make music. So definitely like um, like SP four four I guess is like probably like the main sampler that I use now because I think the workflow is just I guess it makes sense to me but you know mm. so I, yeah so but I realized that it doesn't work for everybody because I have friends that asked me like like they told me like oh, I don't understand how you use like the 404 as well like, it just looks like a huge calculator to me <laughs> you know whereas yeah, they yeah. know how to use like the NPCs Ableton and all that so I'm like, but to me I'm like I, I, I can't figure that out like so different from like what goes on in my head <laughs> so so yeah, I use yeah. like that yeah so definitely use that and like um and I got into like collecting like trying to get like vintage mm. um, like Japanese synthesizers so yeah, yeah so they're yeah. not really like um they're not actually made for using for making music but they're more for like Japanese like haiku poetry kind of okay. stuff. Yeah. So yeah so <laughs> they have like these machines that and they make like um so the samples inside are like all your traditional Japanese instruments like like the koto, shamisen, and like um even like shakuhachi flute as well. But of course mm-hmm. they're like kind of like electronic sounding. So yeah, it's definitely like something I use a bit as well, like sample in to make music and stuff. So so it's been yeah, it's been a bit of a journey over uh yeah over, what would you say like uh ten years, twelve years, something like that more. I was yeah, I would say about that length. Yeah, yeah I, I just yeah. realized that been quite a long time as well like, talking about it <laughs> <laughs> i know uh i know like these days like it seems to um there's like a ton of you know like youtube tutorials or like you can sign up to like premium tutorials or you know like seems like if you're trying to learn more from like the beginning these days it's a lot easier there's a lot more like resources where you just kind of uh like experimenting on your own or were you kind of like working together with other people or what was what was your like the main way that you were trying to get better yeah so um i would say kind of experimenting on my own quite a bit um but also definitely youtube tutorials helped out a lot as well Mm -hmm. so um i yeah so there's quite a few that i watch when i was like trying to figure out how to make beats um and even I think even right now as well, like because I guess for myself, like I'm always trying to find, trying to make like different genres of music as well. So yeah, yeah so definitely like kind of ties into like what I do with the label. So because I I guess like I mean if you like to look at the discography, like it's like it feels a bit like frenetic as well because there's like so many different like genres going on. Like there's one, I mean there'll be like one release where. Uh, it's more like a bit more trip hop kind of vibe, and then suddenly the next release will be like house music, and it's even one where I did was just like, like kind of like reggae music as well. So you know, and even like um, so yeah, so like on the new release as well for Dharma Delight, um, yeah, it I guess it also takes another change as well because it's really more like like nineties rave and um hardcore and jungle music as well, which is different from. I guess my previous projects as well, because I guess like on like the f- first EP that I did, Balmoral, uh, I mean, there are like some shades of like, I guess jungle influence, or maybe like, I would say a bit more like liquid kind of vibe because it's a bit more jazzy. So, mm. um, but also like, it was a lot more like hip hop and like, I guess trip hop, um, a bit of like deep house as well. So, so this one is definitely like a, like, I don't know, like a 180 kind of turn <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, so and there's also like another project that's coming up that I'm collaborating with like um so it's like she's a so she's a w- friend of my wife who lives in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. So she's actually like a farmer, full-time farmer, and she also takes pictures um as like a as part of like her interest. So she likes taking pictures of like the countryside and stuff like that. So yeah, so like I told her like hey, why don't we do something like, you know, like because I'm trying to figure like get like new inspiration for music as well. So yeah. I figure like, you know, having like this kind of like visual um, element to like the music as well, kind of like definitely 
I guess changes things a lot. So yeah, so definitely like in that release that's coming out um on f- in a few days. Uh, I think on it's on fifth May. Yeah, May 5th. which is like um Greenery Day <laughs> in Japan. Oh yeah, right. Because I figured yeah. like, it kind of like works out because it's also very like nature and like yeah nature influence because of the visual. So yeah, so I think on that release as well, like you know, it's definitely uh yeah, so definitely it's a bit more different. I guess there's like kind of like hip hop and um house music and also like even like kind of like folk music as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I think like um yeah, so having all these different genres, uh yeah, it's definitely like not easy making them as well because you know, because especially like because if you start off like making hip hop beats, you know, there's like a certain like I guess like way or like formula no, not really formula but like methods I guess that you can use mm-hmm. to make certain sounds whereas like if you go into like house music then you know it's more like oh like it's definitely like you know you use a lot more like drum machines or like different or like a lot more synthesizers as well I guess Um. so and like you know when you go to like kind of like breakbeat jungle it's also like a different style you're using a lot more like like amen breaks and like um even just like very like strange sounds like synthesizers tuned way up you know like really squeaky noises (laughs) so yeah 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 so um and i think definitely like the youtube videos helped to kind of understand um kind of i guess yeah it it helps with like the strong song structure and also in terms of like sound design as well because you know like i mean trying to get the synth to sound like that certain way is really like almost like a, I don't know, like a science or math of its own as well. <laughs> like, cause there's mm. so many like parameters to tweak, you know, just to get it like that way. So yeah, so I think a lot, having like YouTube videos definitely helped to kind of mm, teach me how to make different genres of music. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Yeah, so let's just uh break those down a little more. Uh, So yeah, the first one you mentioned, well, okay. Chronologically, then uh, May fifth, uh, we got the collaboration one that you mentioned. That's called Rihan Sprouts. Right, Rihan Sprouts. Rihan Sprouts. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that'll be that's three tracks. Yeah, that's three tracks. Three tracks, and then how's it how's it gonna work uh, with the photography? Um, what's what's like the concept, or how's that gonna be released? Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess they're all, I guess they'll be released as like an EP. So mm-hmm. I think each track has like a corresponding like f- image that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so each one has like their own like, I guess like single album artwork in a sense. So yeah, so I guess the different tracks are all inspired by the photo that it comes paired with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so definitely like, I, I guess, yeah, so in a way, I guess it kind of, creates a different element because like you know not just making music like out of I don't know like random inspiration like that's like actually like one thing that you can't focus on so yeah yeah so I feel like it kind of definitely creates a new challenge but uh, yeah but I, def- I think it works out pretty well because it kind of does sound like what the image looks like I feel <laughs> in a way yeah 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 so so I'm kind of curious, like, did she, she sent you a bunch of images and then you kind of like were inspired by some of that or how did that collaboration work? Yeah. So she sent like a whole bunch of images. Um, then I think we just picked out like the ones that we liked or <laughs> like the ones sure, that we felt yeah. like, okay, like there's something going on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess this was kind of like, um, I guess it's like kind of like a trial as well because mm. we're also definitely thinking of doing like kind of like a photo exhibition as well. So, because she has a lot cool. more images that she wants to do kind of like an exhibition and I guess like, you know, I could do like a kind of like a soundtrack to the exhibition as well. Yeah, yeah. Or even like, again, like the same thing, like, you know, just every image has like different corresponding track as well. So, yeah. So that one, I wouldn't say we have like a hard date yet. Just trying to look for places that we can do it. Sure. Um, sure, and then, sure. Sure. Yeah. Then we'll just do all the tracks and stuff. Yeah. So, 
the the artist the artist's name is uh what what's the artist's name then? So it's um oh as in for the EP is it? So it's like I guess it's called like Raihan Sprouts. Okay, that's with that's the yeah, visual artist's artist name. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. her name is Raihan. So uh, yeah, so uh, like her tag is called Raihan Sprouts. <laughs> so right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then um, the other artists on that are uh, your guy here in Saitama, right? Uh, let me let me break this down. So we got you doing a track. We got Yen Boy, and we got uh, Wadabi Bros. Each doing a track on this one, right? Yeah. And um, how does so, yeah, I guess we can get into like the label or your collective um, in a little bit too. Um, you know, obviously those guys were on the on the album last year as well. Uh, let's let's just uh, let's just break down the EP a little bit first, since you mentioned it, and then we'll get a little bit into uh, your whole Yen Disco sound system crew. Um, so, Ray, we got the. We got the uh, three-track kind of uh, Rehan and Yen Disco Sound System collab coming out. And then you've got your Dharma Delight EP also coming out maybe this month or is it this month? Yeah, so it's yeah. on coming out on the 19th of May. Oh, okay, yeah. right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, let's just touch on the let's touch on the EP a little bit. So you were talking yeah. about it. You were saying like I've listened to it. It sounds really good and, and definitely brings back some memories uh, from some of my yeah. earlier days. I yeah. guess you kind of were probably listening to a lot of that early, uh, yeah, even pre two thousand, like probably mid nineties sort of rave jungle kind of stuff. It, that sort of inspired you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the sound that kind of inspired it is a lot more like, yeah, like you say, like really kind of like mid, uh, early to mid 90s, um, like breakbeat hardcore and jungle as well. Because, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of the sound that I was listening to a lot, um, I guess in like past few months. And I feel like it, like, I just feel like that, that whole sound is so different from what I was making previously because. You know, for me, I feel like my tendency is to make music that sounds pretty, a bit more like darker sounding, I guess. <laughs> Maybe a bit more darker and like low energy, eh, in a sense. So so having this like sound is like like complete like 180, just going like like really like as hard as I can. Um, also like as, like, I guess happy as I can, which is like, you know, like happy hardcore. So <laughs> like, yeah, so it's kind of like a, yeah, it's, you know, it's always like, it's like a challenge for myself to, you know, just kind of like try and rethink how I do things. Um, and on this EP as well. Um, yeah, so I guess it... So I guess it's kind of funny because this EP is... In terms of like the the influence on like the track naming, like it's a bit like religious, I suppose. Because <laughs> it's like half like kind of like, I guess like influenced by Christianity. And then like one's like, yeah, half is like a bit more like Buddhism, I guess. Which is like, I guess kind of like how I grew up as well. Cause you know, yeah, I guess because when I was younger I'd go to church and you know, but then when I go to see my grandmother, my grandparents, um, because my grandparents were Buddhist back then, so you know, they have me doing like you know, also like Buddhist rituals and stuff as well. So <laughs> it was like it's really like strange having like this kind of strange um kind of like two worlds colliding in a sense, you know. So I kind of wanted like to draw inspiration from that as well. Um and so I guess the title Dharma Delight is actually from a book. Um, it's actually written by the um, I mean I can't I don't can't remember his full name, but he's the guy who created Parappa the rapper, um, like the PlayStation One game. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So so he has this. So he's actually like a Zen Buddhist, and like he's really into it until like he's he even have like a like I don't know, like a title I guess. Um. So yeah, so he has like this book where he illustrated and wrote called like Dharma Delight. And like so I've been reading that book as well. And um yeah, so like yeah, so I guess kind of like recently I got into like reading about Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. Cause I felt like it was really interesting 
like the concepts. Um, and it kind of like really influenced the EP as well. Cause yeah, cause I have like some yeah, I guess I like the title tracks called Down My Delight and um another one is called like Shambhala, which is like their version of like Paradise. So yeah, so definitely was I don't know, like I guess in those tracks, like especially for Shambhala, I felt like it's like it's a really like hard sounding track I feel because the drums are really really like kicking in pretty hard um yeah I have like this I have like this really like growly kind of bass going on towards like the second part as well so but there are also like moments where like there's a lot of like peace also like in terms of like the breakdown like uh, it went like really like kind of zen as well and um and yeah, I think like I sample like the same sample that Bjerg used in um I think it's Venus as a boy like this weird like Japanese bell sound as well so, so I felt like there's this weird like contrast going on where oh it gets super hard and suddenly it just goes like really like peaceful as well and it goes back to hard again so I, I don't know I like, kind of felt like that kind of fit the title because it feels a bit like you know like I guess like in maybe like I don't know like I feel like in Buddhist teaching is like like you know to live is like to suffer in a way so it's like you, know, you kind of have like suf- have the suffering and you have like that moment of peace as well so yeah so I felt like that really influenced the track um yeah whereas like on stuff like um I guess for like the more I don't know Christianity themed ones like uh, like Absolution Can You Dig It and Sunday Best um they definitely lean more towards like happy hardcore kind of sound or like rave kind of sound yeah and I felt like yeah cause I don't know like, it felt when I was doing a track like it didn't really occur to me but when I was doing it I felt like oh like you know it sounds a bit like like you're in church <laughs> in a way because <laughs> of like the rave steps like it sounds a bit like you know you have to preach you like kind of like shouting at you and stuff like that <laughs> so you know and I thought okay that's pretty funny like you know why don't I go off on that idea and you know and even like I think on I think it's on Sunday best yeah Sunday best I sampled like a choir as well so so like there's like a bit of like a choir like kind of sound in the I think yeah it's definitely like the second half of the song so it kind of like goes into that and um yeah and I think on Absolution as well I sample like the I think like quite famous um line from like The Warriors um which was like what Larry Hurt sample in can yeah like the can you feel it Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it kind of like altered it a bit. Yeah, I just used kind of more or less the same because it kind of had the same feeling as being in church, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I want to touch on a little bit uh, your whole crew. I guess that started, uh, that started, I guess you mentioned in the interview from last year, sort of around the pandemic time, like around 2020. You, wanted to uh so you've got uh basically you started it with uh s- sort of like your old friend here in Saitama uh Yen Boy and then uh, it kind of expanded a bit or do you how had this how's the story go yeah so uh okay <laughs> oh man yeah so I knew we we're gonna talk about a label so uh yeah so okay so it's kind of funny because on like paper, I, I say like there's a lot of people in the label, but the truth is like there's actually only me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so this is kind of like a funny thing, like okay, because because we're doing this interview like kind of face to face, so like so it's a funny thing because I don't really like, I guess I don't really keep like a secret, like a super deep secret, because when I just meet people and they ask me like about the label, like oh like where's like you know, like you know where's that like, yen boy and whatever, and I'm like. Now I'm be like, okay, I have to tell you the truth. Like, there's only me in the whole label. And they're like, you know, like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, and like, you know, that's actually the truth. Cause, yeah, nice. cause I, I guess the whole, so I guess we go into like the whole idea of like how the label came about. Cause, yeah, so I guess like the whole thing came out because, like, I guess cause I started releasing music and I was trying to figure out whether, you know, do I just want to release it independently or try and find like a label to put it on? Um, you know, and did like send it to like, some labels in Singapore like electronic music labels so um, yeah but they didn't really like had 
an interest in it. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Um, but I, I, don't know, I kind of felt like, like you know, I kind of felt like okay, like you know, I, I don't know, like I kind of like wanted to prove them wrong in a way <laughs> that you yeah, know. Yeah. So I just figured, you know, I'm just gonna release it anyways and just see how it goes, right? So you know, but I, I kind of didn't want to have like. Like I so so it's kind of funny because I don't really like talking about myself, so I don't really like. So I felt like okay, like what if I just made like a label and then I say yeah. like I'm gonna create it with like a friend, you know, an old friend from like where I grew up, <laughs> so yeah, I don't have yeah, to say yeah. like you know it's me. I'm not. I'm the one doing everything. Then, but I can always say like oh, you know, we are doing this and like stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess like the name kind of came about because I drew like the logo. Um, I think I mentioned it in the interview that I did yeah. with ADS last year. So I kind yeah, of drew yeah. like this disco ball logo on like my notebook, you know, and I was trying to think of a name for the label and like this idea of like, you know, Yen Disco sound system came about. And yeah. I realized, oh, like, you know, this guy could be called like Yen Boy. So <laughs> I called, so that's when, so that's when the name came about. And so I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to do this with Yen Boy, which is like the logo. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's how I kind of started. Um, yeah. And I guess like another influence would be because, because I was really, in, yeah, because I like, I guess I like the, um, like, I guess I kind of like Daft Punk and Gorillaz as well. Because, yeah, I guess when they first came out in like the early 2000s, um, like kind of like really early internet days, mm. I kind of realized that I felt like I don't know whether I'm remembering correctly, but I felt like no one really knew who was in the band or That's who were Daft Punk, like the actual yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like, I thought it was a really cool idea. So they kind of have that. Because for me, like, you know, I didn't really want people to, f- I, I guess I wanted people to focus more on like the music or content that was coming out of the Disco Sound System. Not really like yeah. who was making it, you know? Sure. So I kind of had this idea like, okay, like, you know, why don't I just create like different like personas um, yep. so that's like Yen Boy and that's like you know this like other I guess like a different groups like Warabi Bros and like Gonjala and then you know so so I have like so I kind of have like um, I guess like character sheets or like it's a bit <laughs> like Dungeon and Dragons kind of vibe you know like they, they have like different yeah, yeah. like I wouldn't really say personality because that sounds a bit weird but yeah, more yeah. like different genres that each like uh, persona does so mm. you know so I guess for my main like as me, like Mizza would be like more like hip hop and kind of like jungle kind of yeah. stuff right now. So whereas like for Yen Boy, it's definitely more like, you know, I focus more like hip house music, um, right. more like four to the floor kind of stuff. Yeah. And like for like Warby Bros, it's like, you know, definitely more like live instruments. Um, So like definitely like, it's a bit more experimental as well because it's like, like I, I actually want to do like more like reggae and like, kind of like folk and like um even like traditional Japanese kind of like yeah, music yeah, as yeah. well so that's where like yeah so definitely for those like I try to not use too many samples as well like as much as possible I try to use like because I'll record like the guitar or the shamisen like with the mic and or like I'll use like I guess like VSTs like virtual instruments to kind of like still simulate like a live instrument being played so yeah because yeah. I mean like a lot of instruments are like pretty hard to get especially if it's like um if you're talking about like a koto or like a shakurachi sure. and all that like you know that's super expensive and yeah, yeah so for those like definitely i gotta try and use like vsts or even samples as well um you know then another one that uh it's called gonjara so gonjara is like i guess it's a bit more like um, a bit more like lo-fi like boom bap kind of style, I would say. Yeah. So, and for that, like, yeah, and definitely like samples a lot of like Japanese instruments or like, and Southeast Asian instruments as well. So, and I, that's, so that project kind of started. And then I think that's the one that I'm trying to work on next as well. Cause, cause I think on the recent trip, I uh, went to, went to Iwate. So Iwate is actually where like, I guess like my ancestors came from, like, like the origin mm. point for my family because my grand uncle did like research on it like he went and traced back like my family line all the way there and then um, I mean unfortunately I don't have like his notes which would be pretty cool but um, so I kind of feel like that's kind of like an extension of that project in a sense because you know because I guess the 
the area where, like, I guess that prefecture where it came from is more like, I guess like in a, it's definitely more like in, like, um, like Emishi and Ainu kind of influence. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like in the early days, right? So, so I felt like, okay, that's pretty cool to like kind of dig into like that culture because it's also pretty different from traditional Japanese culture as well. So, yeah. so I think a lot of like the motifs and um, I guess like the vibe sounds more like that kind of style. So yeah, so definitely when I went back there to Iwate, like, you know, definitely influenced me and inspired me a lot as well. Just seeing like the, a lot of like the nature scenery and stuff like that, you know, and just being inside there as well. So yeah, it's so definitely, I feel like it's, um, yeah, definitely like next project that I'm trying to finish up on. And yeah, so, yeah, so, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, like, yeah, I guess, I don't know, like, I guess if people listen to this and they will realize that, oh, you know, like, I guess more people realize that there's only one person in the underscore <laughs> sound system. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I feel a little bit bad as well because when like on, especially like in media interviews and stuff like that, if it's like true email, I'll just like pretend that, that there's more people than me. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I, did yeah, one, yeah. I, did, I did one interview um, last year as well with, uh, yeah, it's like I guess it's a pretty big music publication, and they were asking me and Yen Boy questions, and I'm just like, you know, I, I, I kind of struggled as well because I was thinking like, oh shoot, like sh- should I tell them like this only <laughs> me? But at the same time, I was like, you know, like I was like, you know, like you know, I just want to have kind of like, have fun with it, and just so, like so I just ended up like replying as myself and replying as Yen Boy as well. So yeah, actually, yeah, I think so I saw I, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess if if they listen to this podcast like uh i guess i'm, I'm sorry for lying <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah actually that's uh that's actually like uh yeah mix mix mag asia yeah i found that one yeah um <laughs> uh but yeah just thinking about it that's like a pretty cool concept like just hearing you explain it all and like it kind of gives you a little more freedom to kind of experiment and like, um, you know, like if you have people following you and like think, okay, no, Meza is like kind of a hip hop guy. And then like, it kind of helps you. So you don't kind of get yourself boxed in, in a sense, you know, like I've seen other artists kind of do this, like they'll play live sets with a certain sound. They'll DJ with another sound, you know, people have side groups. Um, so like, it's not like, it's not like uh, it's like really uncommon or anything, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah one more thing that I didn't even get to was uh, I mean you mentioned like initially uh, when you're getting into music like the jazz thing and then uh, I guess you've been like you've been doing some work like some writing uh, the project is called like Zujago right oh yeah that's right yeah so uh, that yeah. So Zujago yeah, started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Zujago started. Um, I think a bit earlier than Yen Disco Sound System, maybe like a few months earlier. Cause, yeah, I mean, definitely it was like around a time when the pandemic is still going on as well. So, like, I had a lot of free time, <laughs> um, and a lot of headspace as well. So, and uh, yeah. So I guess for me, cause, um, I feel like jazz is quite, like, maybe like one of the most important genres for me. Um, personally because I feel like I draw a lot of inspiration from that music um, even for like the even for like designs like album art and stuff like that you know I there's a lot of like stuff that I draw from like Blue Note album covers as well so mm-hmm. um, so definitely like jazz is quite a big thing and, and it was like a pretty popular genre in Japan as well because I realized that like you know it's like everyone's dad like likes jazz music for some <laughs> reason and like it's kind of like I don't know it's about like a stereotype because <laughs> you know it's like every you know like oh, everyone like will be oh yeah true, you know, my dad like has like a record collection is like you know what's inside is like all jazz music you know <laughs> so it's like the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah 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 well I mean in terms of like <laughs> yeah. jazz cafes and the jazz kisaten yeah. live houses yeah. yeah 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 so it's a pretty big thing in Japan so you know but I realized that like um yeah as I was going online I felt like you know there, there wasn't a lot of like information about it in English um. For like Japanese jazz music, and it was like by extension, like even like Japanese hip hop as well, you know. And mm. I felt like people were all just kind of like 
listening to like a lot of like um like Rio Fukui and like um Nujabes. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's kind of like what the YouTube algorithm pushes on to people. Yeah. For some reason, you know, it's like that's how everyone discovered all that music. So, you know, but like there's so much more like going on as well, like deeper as well. Um, for like you know jazz and Japanese jazz, eh, Japanese hip hop as well. So yeah. So that block kind of started with that. I I guess that mindset of just trying to get more people to explore and go deeper as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think a lot of the yeah, like the articles I wrote were like all like albums that like I bought. Um, and yeah, and like okay, I guess a bit like grayer because I upload them on YouTube as well. But it's also funny because when I upload them, like there's no like copyright strike at all for a lot of them. So yeah, so like you know, cause it just means that like all the Japanese labels like kind of haven't really got around to like uploading the rights online. They're still like <laughs> pretty like old school, I guess. Um, yeah. And a lot of these albums, like, they're all just, like, only, like, CD or only vinyl as well. So, yeah. you know, if you go online, you can't stream them. You can't, like, buy, like, a digital copy of it. So, yeah, yeah I guess it's a bit, like, where, like, kind of, like, retro video game as well is that because there's so much stuff that's not documented or preserved. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so I guess like, it's kind of, like, the whole idea of preservation. Um, oh, and also because, like, I really like this. Hawaiian label called Aloha Got Soul. So it oh, kind of okay. like influenced the I the project as well. Cause you know, yeah. it's because for them it was all about preserving like Hawaiian music. Um so I guess like in the same way as like a bit like preserving Japanese jazz music and helping yeah. people get into it more. So yeah, so yeah, so like I guess unfortunately, like in the past year plus, um that project kind of went inactive because uh because I was doing a lot more like music production and DJing yeah. stuff as well because of yeah I guess because the pandemic kind of like ended so yeah yeah so yeah and also because I realized that it's been getting like even more expensive getting like old Japanese jazz records as well because everyone started yeah. like trying to buy them like you know because it kind of like became like the like how like city pop kind of blew up as well mm. so I I kind of see it happening with like you know jazz music from Japan now as well because um. I mean, there's so much interest in it from like, from the West, like in the UK and and the US as well. Like, there's so many labels like, you know, trying to reissue music. Um, I even helped like one Canadian label actually. It's called um, We Are Busy Bodies. So, mm-hmm. um, they reissue like this Japanese jazz album. Uh, and also because the label boss follows the blog and, like, he was asking me about it, you know, and. And like he managed to get the rights to it, and you know, but the thing is that because I guess the albums like from way back, they didn't have like a like a high like the original like album artwork anymore, like mm. or like a high res version of it. So they actually used like so the 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 reissue label actually used like the the artwork from my copy of the album. <laughs> so That's so I actually like scanned it and I sent it to him, like yeah, in yeah. a really like, high res format, and it just like clean it up and like yeah so it's like pretty cool to like see that <laughs> like nice, so I guess when nice. if you pick up that copy of the album you're actually getting a copy of the artwork that I have in the yeah sense. yeah yeah nice <laughs> yeah man I gotta thank you uh I gotta thank you for coming on uh having a chat today uh I just got uh one final question that uh I ask every guest if that's cool with you all right cool uh so yeah as this is called the inspiration podcast uh they're kind of related to that so the first one is uh so what's like what's something or someone uh it could be if you can't think of just one like if it has to be more than one that's cool too but what's like something or someone that you feel is like always kind of giving you like inspiration like either in your life or uh your like musical career what's uh What's something that's really like inspired you or someone? Yeah. Someone inspired me. Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I guess personally it would be like, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely like my family, you know, my wife, um, like my wife, my dog, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think my parents, um, definitely I feel like, um, 
like I always say like my grandparents as well because you know I kind of draw a lot of like I don't know like ideas and inspiration from them in a sense mm-hmm. you know because like I, I don't really know how to describe it but it's just like yeah just like definitely inspire me to do I guess what I do um, and just like push harder as well to what I do as well um, yeah. yeah and I guess in terms of like music like I would say like definitely like jazz music <laughs> like I guess John yeah. Coltrane <laughs> mm. I, yeah, yeah. I, I love John Coltrane so yeah. yeah I guess like the whole idea of like yeah I guess like kind of like reflects Um, yeah I guess definitely like in terms of musical inspiration I would say John Coltrane and like DJ Crush um, mm. even like Jeff Mills as well so I, I feel like the common thread here is that like for all of them, like they didn't really stick to like one kind of sound throughout their career. I feel like they continually try to push, you know, their sound into like different ways as well. You know, like from like you know from like John Coltrane doing like really like straight ahead bebop kind of jazz and mm. and going to like spiritual jazz and like even like free jazz as well. So yeah. I feel like that's kind of like um, like the trajectory that I try to set myself as well, like to just continually like you know push the sound and just try and like keep experimenting doing new things um you know just never like keeping like i guess never really trying to play it safe like just trying to take risks you know doing things um try like new sounds new techniques like even right now as well like i'm trying to learn how to use like a like an amiga tracker program so like you know and like you know, if like if you've seen like how those things work, like it, it looks like you're doing like coding instead of like music. But <laughs> yeah, so like you know, like, so just like just continue like pushing yourself to, mm. um, yeah, just continue push yourself to do more and um strive harder as well. And I think especially because you know, for me, like living in Singapore, which is like a much smaller country, I guess it's easy to just like kind of get comfortable so I guess because you know in terms of like the uh, I don't know like I guess for me like I'm a bit competitive so <laughs> I always compare myself to like other producers or DJs and I you know sometimes I see what they're doing I'm like oh shoot like you know like I feel like I do something like that as well or like or like you know I think like maybe I can do something better so <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of like I don't know that sounds a bit insane like <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like just you know you know but I guess like just trying to like push yourself even more because I feel like you know like the goal is to like try and be like as good as producers in like Japan or like you know even like uh, like the US or like UK yeah, so yeah. yeah so I guess I like just yeah just continue to just keep pushing and like be competitive <laughs> yeah 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 no that makes sense yeah I mean having that inner drive and like you said like don't don't just put yourself like uh in like one genre or like close yourself off like i think you know that's one of the reasons you kind of like expanded to those different like uh creating those different like artist names um like experimenting like having the yeah freedom to kind of uh you know do something like different um yeah that's cool man so yeah final question then uh what what does it mean for you then like if someone sees what you're doing, like with the music, with the blog, um, you know, this new collaboration, the new EP, the, uh, you know, the label, what does it mean for you to like be an inspiration to someone else or to other people? Yeah. I mean, I would say like definitely one. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, you know, making music and stuff like that, you know, as much as like, it's, like a personal thing but it's also for I mean I guess ultimately you want people to listen to it and mm-hmm. to like get like yeah I guess like get inspired and sp- influenced as well to kind of make their own music as well so I, I don't know like I guess if there are like younger people <laughs> listening to my music I feel like you know definitely want them to yeah, as I mentioned like you know just you know like just keep hmm I guess be open-minded, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the key thing, you know, because if you were to like just, 
you know, focus on just one genre of music and just be like, you know, oh, I only want to listen like, uh, like hip hop, you know, and that's all I listen to. I feel like you kind of miss out on a lot of stuff as well because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say like there's like bad music. <laughs> it's just like yeah. more like preference, I would say, you know. So, yeah, because I mean, even for me, like, you know, like as I said earlier, like I grew up listening to like, you know, Native American flute music and like yeah. Backstreet Boys, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the thing that like that's the beginning point and like now it's like I'm making like kind of like rave and jungle music. It's like such yeah. a huge like stretch from one end to the other. But, you know, but I feel like, you know, when you listen to all these kind of different music, um, it really like broadens your mindset as well. And I guess like not just like in a musical sense, but even as a person as well, I feel like you definitely will be more open, accepting of like different ideas as well. So I think that's like one kind of like gateway to being more like a... I don't know, trying to be a better person <laughs> in a sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just more kind of like open, more accepting. Yeah. Um, not so closed off to new ideas, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, cool. Uh, right on, man. Yeah, I got to thank you for coming on the show, uh, getting into yeah, your history, yeah, reveal, revealing the big secret to everyone there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so if people want to, you know, follow follow Meza, follow the Yen Disco sound system. Yeah, I, I think for sure, um, you know, Instagram, um, I guess like my own Instagram, like magnetic.meza, M-Z-A, yeah. or at Yen Disco. Um, but of course, like, I guess I use my own account a lot more, so you can follow yeah. that one. Um, yeah, because I pretty much post like, I'll post like snippets of like stuff I'm working on as well. So like yeah. you can hear like, early versions of stuff as well. Um, and also, of course, like SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Um, but I guess sure. like SoundCloud, you can you be able to check out like the monthly show from Hong Kong Community Radio as well. Ah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a pretty good place to follow as well. So you get like, I guess the full Yen Disco experience. <laughs> nice, nice. Cool. Yeah, I got to thank you one more time, man, for waking up early. I know it's a little bit earlier a few in oh, Singapore no there but uh, yeah all the best to you alright you too yeah thank you so much for having me alright that's a wrap for this week's episode of ADSR Inspirations hope you enjoyed my conversation with the very talented Matthew Sekia aka Meza as you can see it's got a lot going on and we gotta thank Matthew once again for sharing his time and stories with us today it was cool to learn about his journey in music and sort of developing different styles along the way progressing don't forget to check out matthew's new album dharma delight ep that's all for this week see you in about two weeks time as always thanks for listening stay inspired